Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallion. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You're listening to us on Noon and Zone, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. I've got a great show for you today. Happy Tuesday. It's the morning after the national championship. I'll talk about the game. Michigan wins their first national championship since 1997. The fallout from Black Monday. Still got to talk about Arthur Smith getting fired by the Atlanta Falcons, and what direction do the Falcons go to get their next head coach? I'll talk about the history of hiring Atlanta Falcons head coaches under the Arthur Blank era. And with a lot of severe weather in and around the Chattahoochee Valley, we were supposed to have a lot of high school basketball games tonight. They have been postponed. But later tonight, I will have my high school basketball show on George Alabama Sports Live with Thrift Behringer. And we are looking forward to that. We'll drop our new rankings for the top 10 teams on the girls' side and the top 10 teams on the boys' side in the Tri-City area. Remember, we're not including teams like Auburn and Valley and Manchester, Taylor County. All those teams are on the outskirts of the Tri-City area. So let's go ahead and get right into the show. I got two great guests. I got the voice of the Flint River Wildcats, Joe Howard. And I got WDAE down in ESPN, Tampa, Florida, Jay Retcher. He's been on the show before. I'm excited to get Joe on for the first time. He has been a loyal fan of the show, and I got to know him when Thrip Erringer and I were calling a Calvary Christian Flint River Wildcats football game in the fall. So let's go ahead and dive right into the show. National Championship, Michigan wins 34-13 over Washington. I watched the game. It felt weird that there was no Georgia, no Alabama, no Clemson, but it had a 2014 feel to it. You had a Big Ten team going up against a Pac-12 team. These two opponents are going to be in the Big Ten together next year, but Michigan gets the national championship win. First national championship since 1997. Jim Harbaugh wins a national championship For the first time in his coaching career, I'm happy for Jim Harbaugh. He made an impact on my team, the 49ers, in the early 2010s. Led them to three straight NFC Championship games. And then didn't get along with Trent Baalke. Goes to his alma mater, Michigan, in 2015. Two back-to-back 10-3 seasons. They wanted to run him out of town after a 2-4 season in the COVID year in 2020. But Michigan finally gets over the hump. Two straight college football semifinal appearance losses to Georgia and then to TCU. They take on the Washington Huskies after defeating Alabama in the Rose Bowl. And they are national champions. Don't know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. If he's going to go to the NFL, there are some suitors out there, including the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Washington Commanders. I think going to the Atlanta Falcons is a pipe dream. 
I don't think it's going to happen, especially since Jim Harbaugh wants control. But let's talk about the game. 34 to 13, Michigan goes up 7 to nothing. Donovan Edwards, great run. I think that he helped his draft stock. He's got great speed on the outside. He had two big 40 plus yard touchdown runs in that first quarter. Michigan's defense did a great job keeping Michael Penex Jr. out of the end zone, and it was 14 to 3. 17 to 3 going into the second quarter. Michael Penex Jr. started getting going. I thought that his wide receiver, Rome Odunze, did a good job. He's going to be a first-round NFL pick. But Michigan's defense held Dylan Johnson to just 33 yards rushing. Michael Penix had to go into the air. The secondary of Michigan did a great job keeping the big plays to a minimal. Michael Penix did have two interceptions. Michigan's defense proved that maybe Michael Penix Jr., in the big stage, in the big moment, is not as elite as we think. He's still a good quarterback. He's going to be an NFL first-round pick. But Michigan was just the better team. They had the better defense. And finally, Michigan wins a national championship, first national championship since 1997. Now, these two teams are going to meet next year. They're both going to be in the Big Ten. How fun is the Big Ten going to be in 2024 with Washington, Ohio State, Oregon, and Michigan? I believe those are going to be the top four teams in the Big Ten, and that's going to be fun. And then you count Penn State, Wisconsin. I'm happy for Jim Harbaugh. I'm happy for the Michigan Wolverine fan base. Go Big Blue. The Michigan Wolverines are your 2024 national champions. And now we move on to the 12-team college football playoff, which will take place December of 2024. I have listened to Sports Talk Radio yesterday. I've seen sports fans, social media posts talking about, well, if you have 12 teams in the college football playoff, it's just going to have two SEC teams in the championship. Possibly. I still think the SEC is the best conference in college football. Did the college football committee get it right? Did the four best teams make it into the college football playoff? I know that Georgia has something to say about that. And they released the final AP rankings for all the teams in college football. Michigan 1, Washington 2, Texas number 3, Georgia number 4, Alabama number 5. Look, a lot of Alabama fans are probably scratching their heads thinking, why is Georgia ranked ahead of them? Well, Alabama did have two losses. I actually thought Georgia was going to climb all the way up to number two because Georgia proven that they should have been in this college football playoff. But it's not going to matter because next year we're going to have 12 teams and we are going to see the best of the best, even if they have two or three losses. We're going to see them in this 12-team college football playoff. All right, I do have a hot sports take on this Tuesday and it's not going to sit well with Falcons fans who were big Arthur Smith fans. Look, I liked Arthur Smith as an offensive coordinator. He helped resurrect Ryan Tannehill's career at Tennessee, but he wasn't a good coach. I think he's a good coordinator. He wasn't a leader of men. There was only one moment during the Falcons season where I thought maybe I could root for this guy, and maybe he's worth keeping around. When Bajon Robinson scored that touchdown to go up 14-7, to and he was high-fiving his assistants, that's what I want to see in a head coach. I want to see a leader of men. I want to see somebody that's going to rally around and get your team to play hard for him. I just didn't see that the last two games of the season. The Falcons quit on him, getting blowout losses to Chicago and to New Orleans. The Falcons were gift-wrapped in easy schedule. This was a layup. Arthur Smith should have kept his job because the Falcons should have went to the playoffs. Now, 
the search for a new head coach begins. And since Arthur Blank took over the team in the early 2000s, like he fired Dan Reeves, the whole Michael Vick getting injured, 2003. In comes Jim Mora Jr. Rookie head coach leads the Falcons to the NFC Championship game. A healthy Michael Vick in 2004. They lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. So the expectations were high. Then Jim Mora Jr. got in a little bit of trouble when he went on a sports talk radio and said that the Washington Huskies was his dream job. The whole Michael Vick debacle and then some back-to-back 8-8 eight and eight seasons. He's out of town. And then they get Bobby Petrino. This was the worst disaster of a head coach for any NFL franchise. 3-10, and 10, Michael Vick. He thought he was his quarterback. He gets arrested for dogfighting. Joey Harrington is his quarterback. And it was an absolute disaster. In comes Mike Smith. This is the Mike Smith-Thomas Dimitrov years. I liked Mike Smith. In fact, that 2008 Atlanta Falcons team that went 11-5 and and made the playoffs, there were no expectations for that team at all whatsoever. Mike Smith brought stability to the Falcons. Back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in franchise history. A 13-3 season in 2010 and an overall number one seed. However, they did lose to a very hot Green Bay Packers team that ended up winning the Super Bowl. An NFC Championship appearance in 2013. Say what you want. They were up 17-10, to and then the 49ers, led by Colin Kaepernick, came all the way back, and the 49ers won that game 28-24. to And after that, Mike Smith regressed. 4-12 and in the 2013 season, where I thought that the Falcons were going to be favorites to make it to the Super Bowl. Remember, Tony Gonzalez was coming back. That was a just a disastrous of a season. 2014, they had a chance to win the division. At the end of the season, they get blown out by the Carolina Panthers, finish 6-10. and 10. Well, he only had two years. He got the axe. In comes Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn got off to a hot start in 2015, going 5-0. They were 6-1, and one and they just regressed. They lost six straight games, and they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. And then we all know about the 2016 season. Kyle Shanahan, in his second year as the offensive coordinator, Matt Ryan won the MVP, and they reached the Super Bowl. Look, yes, they did lose to the Patriots. I don't want to bring up that. But they did reach the Super Bowl in Dan Quinn's second year. You see where I'm going with this? Expectations for these new head football coaches for the Falcons that were the hot coordinators. 2017, I thought that the Falcons had a good year. They had a top five defense. They did lose to the Eagles in the divisional game. The Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl. I feel if Julio Jones makes that catch in the end zone, The Falcons are playing the Vikings in the NFC Championship, and who knows what could have happened in that game. Okay, so Dan Quinn, in 2018 and 2019, the offense regressed. The defense was still pretty good. Two back-to-back 7-9 seasons in 2018 and 2019, and then he started out 0-5 in the 2020 season, and that was the COVID year. That was a very crazy year, and the writing was written on the wall on Dan Quinn I kind of felt that he had losing the way they did, blowing the double-digit leads to Dallas, Chicago. It was bad. 0-5, but then Raheem Morris comes in. And I think that if they didn't lose all those games toward the end of the season, they lost five straight. Raheem Morris had them at 4-7. and seven. I think if they would have finished strong, Raheem Morris would have gotten the full-time gig. And then... We fast forward to Arthur Smith, 2021, 
7 and 10, 2022 7 and 10, and then this season 7 and 10. It's the first time since Bobby Petrino that a Falcons head coach did not get the Falcons to the playoffs. The expectation since Arthur Blank took over this team in the early 2000s as this is one of the top teams, not only in the NFC South, but as a playoff team every year, and the fans deserve better. I hope they get a home run higher. I want either Eric Bieniemy, maybe Ben Johnson, although I'm kind of skeptical about hot coordinators. Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He's been a head coach before. And then Jim Harbaugh. I don't think Bill Belichick would be a good fit in Atlanta. And then there's talks that John Gruden might be the offensive coordinator in New Orleans. That would be a gut punch. I would love to see John Gruden in Atlanta. I think Terry Fontenot is a good GM, but maybe the problem's Rich McKay. Rich McKay has been the general manager before, then he got promoted to president. I just don't know. But Arthur Blank, he's getting up there in age. He wants a winner, and the Falcons fans deserve better. I really hope they nail this hire, and I hope they get the quarterback right as well. Since Matt Ryan left the team, we've had just struggles with quarterback play with Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, and Taylor Heineke. Go get a quarterback in the first round or go get Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields would be perfect for the Falcons offense as you got the dome, no weather. Justin Fields, he is dynamic. He can run the ball. His passing percentage, wish he could get up a little bit more, but I think Justin Fields would be perfect for the Falcons, and he's a hometown guy right there going to Harrison High School out of Kennesaw, Georgia. The new AP poll is out for college basketball, and Purdue, led by Zach Eady, is the number one ranked team. Even though Houston's undefeated, Purdue is 14-1. and They had 54% of the first place votes. I believe that Purdue is going to get a number one seed, and they need a path to the Final Four because they have underachieved Getting to the Elite Eight, but Zach Eady, one of the best players in college basketball. I see Purdue getting to the Final Four. I see Houston getting a number one seed. I don't know if they're going to make it to the Final Four. This team might not be as good as the teams in the past. They're at number two. Kansas is at number three. UConn at number four. Tennessee, number five. Kentucky, six. North Carolina getting a big win over Clemson. At number seven, Arizona, eight and Oklahoma 9. Marquette drops all the way down to number 11 after getting upset by Seton Hall. I want to see if Seton Hall can get into the rankings. They are on the outside. There hasn't been a team that's climbed into the new rankings as of yet, but next week, I'm not going to do it this week. It's still early in the college basketball season. Next week, I'm going to have my first bracketology show and it's going to be based off of Joe Lenardi and some of the bracketologists uh, because I'm not really efficient on studying bracketology like they are. But hey, a big shout-out to the Auburn Tigers after getting a big win over Arkansas. They climbed up in the AP poll. They are 16th. And so here are some of the upcoming games coming up for the local college basketball teams in and around Georgia and Alabama. You got Georgia Tech. They are taking on Notre Dame at McCamish Pavilion. That's happening tonight on the ACC Network. Tonight we have Kentucky taking on Missouri. South Carolina is taking on Alabama at Coleman Coliseum. 
Auburn is hosting Texas A&M at Neville Arena. That game's going to be 9 o'clock tonight on ESPN2. Vanderbilt taking on LSU. You got Georgia 11-3. They're 1-0 in the SEC. They're taking on Arkansas at Stegman Coliseum. Tennessee on the road against Mississippi State. Both teams 11-3. Tennessee is ranked 5th. And then Florida taking on Ole Miss in Oxford. Ole Miss suffered their first loss of the season. I mean, we've got just jam-packed college basketball games this weekend. Tennessee and Georgia, Stegman Coliseum. That is great when you can host a top-five team. Georgia's done it before with Kentucky, but having Tennessee up there in the top five is great. And then Auburn is hosting LSU. Alabama is going to be on the road against Mississippi State. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break here on the show. When we come back, I'm going to have my first guest, the voice of the Flint River Wildcats. This show aired yesterday on Facebook Live and on YouTube. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge. We'll be back with Joe Howard. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. And a good evening to everybody out there. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode on Noonan Zone, home of Southern Sports, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. I had such a great weekend. I hope you did, as we have got a jam-packed lineup of talking about sports today. I had my audio show only yesterday. On WQEE, Thrip Barringer and I did a Georgia-Alabama Sports Live show that aired Sunday night on Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. Plenty of content for the radio station, but I am coming at you live on Facebook and YouTube on the Sports Beats Facebook page and YouTube channel. This is the first show that I've had here on Facebook Live since I did my live show last Tuesday night, which completely broke records for the most watched show in sports beat history. Now, I've done stuff with George Alabama Sports Live. Thrip Berger and I get a lot of views on George Alabama Sports Live. But this show was the most watched show in the history of my podcast. You know, I tried doing my own thing, and then, you know, now I'm with uh, George Alabama Sports Live, and so I love being a part of both. And uh, I've actually taken the sports beat, and I've actually brought it underneath the George Alabama Sports Live umbrella as I'm trying to build my audience. I didn't quite break the internet like like Shannon Sharp did with Cat Williams the other night, which is absolutely amazing. That that It's like 30 million views and climbing, and uh, that came out a week ago. But we do have a great show for you. I'm going to have the voice of the Flint River Wildcats, Joe Howard. He is going to come on. I'm excited about that, and I'm also going to have... WDAE's ESPN Radio 95.3's Jay Retcher. We're going to talk a little bit about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How is Tampa feeling about the Buccaneers being in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield? So I'm excited to get this show going. We do have a national championship game tonight. We have number one Michigan taking on number two Washington. These two teams are going to meet in the Big Ten next year. 
And this is also a rematch of the 1991 Rose Bowl. They have met four times in the last 30 years, including Washington winning the national championship back in 1991, drubbing Michigan 34-14 in that Rose Bowl where Desmond Howard won the Heisman Trophy. Remember, Mark Brunel was the quarterback. Yeah, you all remember that. Don James was the legendary head coach. Anyway... And then they have played a couple more times in the early 2000s. But Michigan is a slight favorite, five and a half points. But Washington does have the best player on the field, in my opinion. Michael Penex Jr. is just absolutely electric. And sometimes the best player can change the outcome of a game. Look at Vince Young in the 2006 BCS Championship game. Look at Cam Newton in the championship game in 2011 against Oregon. But, you know, I'm... Going to go ahead, and without further ado, I'm going to bring on my first guest here on the Sports Beat. I've been, I've been wanting to get this guy on. I met him at a Flint River football game. If, if you don't know where Flint River is, it's in a small town in Woodbury, Georgia. And it's one of those towns where you're driving the back roads to Atlanta, like I always do because my in-laws live in South Atlanta. And so we go right through Woodbury. They got a little Ingalls there. They got a, a nice restaurant here. It, it's a decent enough sized town where there's there is stuff to do, but if you blink, you'll miss it. But it's like the entire town will shut down on a Friday night to go see the Flint River Wildcats play football. And they want a state championship. I mean, that's something they could be proud of. They can hang that banner with pride. But please welcome to the sports beat Joe Howard. He is the voice of the Flint River Wildcats. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for having me. Hope you can hear me. I'm trying to log on here through my mobile device. I hope everything's loud and clear. Oh, we can hear you fine, Joe. Uh, <laughs> first of all, how did you get the job as the voice of the Flint River Wildcats? Uh, where did you get your start in announcing? And uh, what are some of the things that you've done over the years? Uh, well, I appreciate that, Richard. I, my son uh, and daughter both uh, obviously went to Flint River. My son's a senior this year. Um, I kind of got my, my, um, I guess you would call it uh, voice uh, of the Wildcats through that. He started on the C team back in fifth grade and uh, won a C team state championship there um, during his fifth grade year. And uh, I kind of helped out on the field some then. And as it progressed, the, the, the person calling the varsity games kind of retired and it with his kids. And uh, so the next thing you know, I, I ended up in the booth and it started I guess I've been in the booth probably for the last four years now. So uh, I did some, I do some baseball and a little bit of basketball. Um, we don't do a lot of announcing during basketball games, but I do all the baseball games. I've uh, been doing football, like I said, for four years now. So, well, Joe, PA announcing is a lost art. I mean, we do have PA announcers in football. I was a PA announcer for Russell County. Uh, you really just have fun doing it. We, you know, called the the uh, Calvary Christian Flint River Academy game on George Alabama Sports Live. Thrip Barringer and I were there. That's when we got to meet you. We had you as part of high school game day. But you have a very unique signature phrase. Every time Flint River gets a first down, how does that go? Because I can't do it as good as you. But you gotta you gotta actually let everybody know how you say it. Well, let me say this, Richard. I don't know how well I can do it because I've tried. Somebody just walked up and say, hey, let's hear that, you know, first down Wildcats. And it, the, the, the hard thing is it's hard to do it not being in the moment. Yeah. I, just had a, I had a, 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 one of the parents in the school come up to me the other day and said, 
hey, you've got to figure out a way to incorporate that, that into the baseball game. I said, I, I don't know how, because it's like one of those things, as soon as it happens, I guess the excitement builds up. <laughs> but, you know, it's a first down. Wildcats. Man. I love it. You know, so uh, getting to say that a lot this year, that was pretty cool with us uh, winning the state championship going 12-0. and 0, so. Yeah, twelve and zero, a very special year. You know, for a team that went five and five last year, a great turnaround for the Flint River Wildcats. And you know, you win in the state championship. You go to Five Star Stadium over there in Macon. My broadcast partner Thrift Berenger was calling the GIAA championships. That was just a great moment for him as well. And you know, you win against Robert Toombs. It was a very low scoring game, fourteen to seven. But in that moment, because you were there. What did that moment feel like to know that the Flint River Wildcats won the state championship? Well, it was it was surreal. Uh, just knowing that we were up against a team, and like Robert Toombs, great team. Robert Toombs, great, well-coached team, great athletes, um, some very nice, big athletes uh, on their team. You know, um, a lot of people don't know, but Robert Toombs played in that championship game last year as well, uh, right. losing to Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson beat us out last year in the – uh, quarterfinals and then they went on to win the state but they played Tom, uh, Robert Toombs but I tell you just being there and the excitement uh, the videos are all over the place on GI uh, AA uh, vault uh, channel there videos are there but the excitement that I felt uh, was like none other I had been kind of all year that was my thing is man we, we've got to do this we can do this we can do this and with every win the next one was you know more nail-biting and you know the Wildcats played in three different states, uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida this year. So we traveled a lot, and every time we traveled, it was just a little more nail-biting uh, going into the game. So, Well, Joe, and then there's a place in Woodbury. It's, it's a very popular spot. It's right on the corner of Main Street and the highway going through Woodbury. Doodlem's Barbecue and Fruit Stand. And uh, that's I believe that's where they live stream the game on the GIAA network and you know, for the fans in Woodbury that couldn't make it to the championship game, a lot of people in Woodbury were back in the town watching the game on the GIAA network. That's right. And if you go to Doodlums, they have a huge screen out front, um, similar to our scoreboard, new scoreboard screen that you got to witness uh, at the field there at Wildcat Field at the Den. They have a huge screen out front that faces that four-way uh, red light there, and they played the game there. Where you pull up at the red light, you're watching the state championship game. But then just last week, they took down the highlights. The highlights have been up there since December the 4th when we won that state championship. And uh, But the highlights have been right there uh, on that big screen out from the doodles. So we appreciate the support. Yeah. Absolutely incredible, Joe. Are, is there talks in the town? where Are they going to have signs going into the town? Or, or do they have any billboards up yet? Um, well, no billboards up yet. We do have some signs out front of the school uh, as you come in and going into the school. Um, there's some talk about uh, some things going on with the county commission uh, going on, you know, later on uh, this month. And uh, th th it's still it, the town. The town is still pumped up. School still pumped up. I mean, you're talking about a school that runs 3K through 12th grade with only 300 students. We're small, but we pack a big punch and we got a big heart. So, Joe, where did you get your start in broadcasting, and 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 what town did you uh, start in? Like, where did you grow up? Well, actually. <laughs> Actually, I grew up about 10 miles south of Woodbury in Manchester, and uh, that's where I went to high school. I graduated from high school, from Manchester High School. I'm a Blue Devil. Graduated in 1995 from there and uh, married and moved to the north end of Merriweather, which is when my kids started at Flint River. And I, I really, Flint River's been my only place. Uh, I've, I've 
you know, there. And then I've done some things, uh, uh, you know, kind of like this with you guys and, and broadcasting. But other than that, um, just, just Flint River. Now, I will tell you that one of my biggest inspirations uh, passed away a couple years ago. Some of you may or may not know him, but Casey Motter. Casey is the longtime voice of the Atlanta Braves. Casey and I were really good friends, really close friends. Um, did a lot of things outside of the sports together. Um, and Casey, just his voice, and, and he taught me a lot and worked with me a lot. And I use Casey's voice now uh, to announce the baseball players to the plate. I do the rest of the game, but every time they come to the plate during a baseball game, Casey's voice calls them to the plate, uh, digitized. It's, it's a pretty cool deal. That's but, uh, awesome. Casey, Casey's one of my one of my mentors. Absolutely. He surely will be missed. I remember hearing Casey when I was going to Braves games. He just had such a distinct voice. And that, that's really somebody to just mimic on, on your style because all of our broadcasters have our different styles. And uh, that's what I enjoy about PA announcing. Uh, but let's talk about growing up in Manchester. You graduated there. Two years later, they win a state championship, 1997. They were back in the state championship this year, taking on Bowden. How exciting was that town of Manchester to be in the state championship up in Atlanta this year? There was a lot of excitement around the community, uh, obviously. Um, and, and being back in the state championship, again, uh, the excitement of having two teams from Meriwether County uh, that was able to uh, compete in state championships this year was pretty big for our county very rural county but having two teams compete um was was pretty big for us you know there was a lot of um a lot of sadness around what happened to manchester right before the game you know you know a couple of days before the game but overall the excitement of them being there um was was there so all right well now we're in basketball season uh you said that you do a little pa announcing for the flint river basketball team do, so you announced the starting lineups that's correct that's correct we just had our first home game uh two days ago so I tell you, that is fun to announce the starting lineups. It really gets the crowd pumped up. Uh, you know, I was also the PA announcer for Russell County. And, uh, you know, I was doing more of the full-time PA. I would announce the score and stuff. But you can you can do the announcing of the starting lineups and just kind of let them play. Uh, I think that basketball is a lot of fun because it really pumps up the crowd. But it's baseball that I really love. And I know that, that you've got to love that too, especially, you know, you get to be the PA announcer um all season around and, and it's really just a great atmosphere and just to be known as the voice of the Wildcats and uh can't can't wait to actually uh live stream some Flint River Academy football games I know we've been talking about that on Georgia Alabama Sports Live and uh yeah it really has been fun uh just uh you know having you follow us on Georgia Alabama Sports Live and I really appreciate your support and that's why I wanted to get you on and you know to tell your broadcasting story because everybody in broadcasting has a story and, and you some of the stuff that you've shared on social media, you truly are passionate about the Flint River Wildcats. I tell you, I love them. I tell everybody that I'm a Blue Devil by graduation, but I'm a Wildcat by heart. And uh, I've, I've agreed to go to call the Wildcat game for the next two years. Uh, like I said, my son graduates this year. My wife is employed at the school. She's actually a teacher at the school. So I'll be there for a while. But uh, I'm going to call the games, the varsity games, for a couple more years after this, after he graduates this year. And then I'd like to look into getting into some some things like you and Thrift do, you know, calling some other games outside of that, uh, broaden horizon a little bit. So. Oh, that is awesome. And it, that is great when you can actually broaden your horizon when it comes to broadcasting. And, you know, I actually, I'm 44 years old. I took a very long break. I did this in college. But one thing I love about it, it never leaves you. So when you just have that passion 
Really, uh, Josh Pate, if you know who Josh Pate is, he once said, you know, your passion and your talent, they have to intersect at a, an appropriate time in life. You know, I'm kind of paraphrasing him, but you also have to have opportunity. And so sometimes there are opportunities out there that are put in front of your doorstep and you just got to take advantage of it. And I, I believe you're doing a great job and I just enjoy just hearing you, you know, just cover Flint River and, and just the best of luck to you as, as we uh, approach you know, the other seasons, you know, looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Well, uh, we're looking forward to that as well, uh, Richard. And uh, if you get a chance to come out to uh, catch some Flint River baseball or basketball, just let us know. And uh, you have my, all my contact information, so you're welcome to come anytime. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to get you on for a few more minutes. My next guest is not coming on for another 20 minutes. But, you know, we got a big oh, national good. championship game tonight. I like look. I I understand we live in the South. I mean, this is the first time since 2014. No Alabama, no Georgia, no Clemson. The last time we saw this, we saw Oregon and Ohio State back in in 2014. And I know that people in the South didn't watch it as much. I gotta tell you, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by this matchup because you know, being a 49ers fan, you know, I I rooted for Jim Harbaugh when he went to Michigan. I knew it was gonna work. Washington is just a great Cinderella story. You have Kalen DeBoer, second year at Washington, Michael Pinnock Jr., who should have won the Heisman. I'm not expecting Washington to win, but it would not surprise me if Washington wins. I just think that Michigan beating Alabama and uh, making it to the national championship, they really exercised some demons. The cheating scandal, losing in the college football playoff the last two years. Joe, who do you got in this national championship game tonight? Well, I'm personally not a Harbaugh fan. Uh, I, I'm an Auburn guy, uh, deep at heart, and I got a child at Auburn. But anyway, I'm t I'm taking Washington. I think Penix Jr. is the guy. Uh, if 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 Washington's offensive line can can match up with that Michigan defensive line, uh, it, I think Washington's got a chance. But watching Michigan's defense against Alabama, um, that that's that's going to be a tough uh, uphill battle for them. Well, regardless of the outcome, I strongly believe that Jim Harbaugh is going to the NFL after this game. I know that I talked on my show yesterday that I would love for him to go to the Falcons. I just don't think that the GM, Terry Fontenot, is going to, um, you know, I don't think he's, he's going to give up that power. And and so the, the, the thing is, uh, Joe, that we all want like a big time coach and I, you know as we saw that arthur smith got let go it was it today is black monday he had arthur smith ron rivera bill belichick is probably going to let be let go pretty soon uh but in your mind i mean the atlanta falcons i know it, they haven't made the playoffs since 2017 and arthur smith had three straight seven and ten seasons but with all that talent the, the team quit on them the last two games, two blowout losses. But in your mind, who would be the right fit? Well, first of all, are you an NFL guy? I, I didn't even bother to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the NFL. I watch the NFL. I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, I was an Elway okay. fan when he came out of college, so I've been a Broncos fan. Just never let those guys go. Um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what the right combination is for Atlanta because – for whatever reason, there always seems to not be that right combination. I mean, you know, I, I saw you said something earlier today about, you know, Harbaugh, and then if they could get Penix, that would be a, a great fit. But I just, you know, for some reason, they get these great players, and then 
it doesn't materialize. And that's just, it's heartbreaking uh, for, for a hometown team like that um, to, to suffer the way they have over the years. But you're right, uh, you know, the last two games, the, the team quit on him. So it wasn't, it wasn't really his, well, I mean, it all goes back to the head coach, right? I mean, that's, 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 where, the, that's where the wins and losses are, are cutting, you know. Well, Joe, it was really great just having you on the show. Uh, thank you for sharing your experience, and I'm looking forward to coming out to see the Flint River Wildcats uh, in the fall. I definitely want to try to get the other sports, but, uh, yeah, it was fun having you on the show. Yeah, well, I appreciate you inviting me anytime. I'll be glad to come on and talk with you guys. Huh? My wife says I talk too much anyway, but uh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> well, we do in broadcasting, right? Well, enjoy the national championship game tonight. As Joe Howard, everybody, the voice of the Flint River Wildcats, Thank you so much for being on the show. And then I'm going to transition over from one guest to the next. This guy, he is a host of Tampa Sports Talk Radio, WDAE 95.3. Jay Retcher, I have had you on the show before. I felt like I've had to get you on the show because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the playoffs. And, you know, I had my show yesterday and I was making my NFL predictions. I mean, what's the vibe in Tampa? I mean, because I thought... I seriously thought after Tom Brady they would not make the playoffs. They would be one of the worst teams in the NFL. You probably disagree because you're around this team all the time. What's the vibe in Tampa and Baker Mayfield? Richard, good to be with you, buddy. Uh, good to see you. Happy New Year's. Happy, uh, Happy New Year's to yeah. you and yours. Uh, I was actually one of the one of the few people at our station that thought the Buccaneers would uh, maybe not get better, but kind of maintain. We look at that NFC South. Not a lot of good teams in there. Uh, so I just thought, you know, nine and eight would kind of be where they're at. And that's where we are. Very interesting vibe in the Tampa Bay area today because of how the game ended yesterday. You're winning a game nine, nothing against the Carolina Panthers, a team with only two wins on the season. Uh, right. So it was kind of a, a mixed bag. There were some people that were very optimistic, very happy. Uh, listen, there's only been one team that make the playoffs in the NFC the last four years, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Three straight division titles, uh, so it's not really anything to kind of laugh at. Uh, but I think people look at the last two weeks, losing to New Orleans, and then you know having some difficulties putting points on the board against a, a lowly Carolina team, that there is a little bit of hesitancy, and there is a little bit of trepidation going forward. Watching Philadelphia yesterday definitely helped a lot of people here in Tampa, seeing how poorly they played against the New York Giants. And there's a lot of question marks when it comes to Philly, a Super Bowl contender a Super Bowl favorite probably before the season these two teams have already faced off uh, earlier this year where Philadelphia outclassed the Buccaneers but Richard looking at them and looking at that game and looking at now it's two different games and, and two different teams well Jay I actually think that Tampa Bay is going to win this game which means if all the home teams win your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be playing my San Francisco 49ers in the divisional <laughs> round and I I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup. They didn't meet one time in the playoffs back in 2002. It did not go well. 31-6, to I remember. Buccaneers went on to win the Super Bowl that year. That was John Gruden's uh, first year. Uh, but uh, let's talk about um, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the story of Baker Mayfield because this is astonishing. This guy was written off in Cleveland. I mean, imagine he won a playoff game with the Cleveland Browns. He spins one or two games with Sean McVay and actually has a very good performance in absence of Matthew Stafford. And so the Buccaneers sign him. I mean, they didn't even know who their starting quarterback was going to be. Was it going to be Baker Mayfield? Was it going to be Kyle Trash? A lot of Tampa fans were wondering, oh, without Tom Brady, we are going to completely drop off the face of the earth. But some, some fans, they're, they're very confident with Baker Mayfield, and he has proven 
that he is capable and he wants to stay in Tampa. I think that's very important. It's really getting the fan base going. I know the NFC South was weak this year, but Tampa Bay is hosting a playoff game Monday night, and that's got to get the Tampa crowd excited. Yeah, it's kind of funny, Richard, that you mentioned uh, you know Baker Mayfield and, and how much he... – think about it like this. The Atlanta Falcons with Taylor Heineke and the New Orleans Saints with Jameis Winston, their backup quarterbacks are making more than Baker Mayfield was making this year for the Buccaneers. Think about wow. that. And they're the team that is going into the playoffs. And this is a guy where, listen, you can question his height. You can question his decision-making at times. But he wasn't 100% yesterday, and he was leaving it all out there on the field. This guy's heart, is, he's a fighter, man. He is a baller. He goes out there. You could just tell all the guys around him, they really support him. They really like him. And I was very unsure if he was going to be a guy that was going to be here for more than one year. I said it on the show today. It's almost a resounding yes. They're going to find a way. Keep an eye after this season is done to see a very Geno Smith-like deal that we saw last year with Seattle, a three-year deal between, you know, quarterbacks are making money, Richard. We should, we got in the <laughs> wrong profession, man. We should have learned how to throw the football a little bit. No, more. I know. Making $25, $30 million a year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some type of bridge deal uh, with Baker and the Buccaneers next year. But, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy uh, that's going to get some votes for comeback player of the year. He was not very good with Carolina. He, You just alluded to that game against the Rams where pretty much got off the plane and went out there and just played a football game and won that game. Um, he's a guy that's really grown in a lot of people's eyes here in the Bay Area. They respect uh, everything that he brings to the table. He's got a charity that he started with his wife here in the Tampa Bay Area. Um, so, yeah, Baker, it's it's been a great story, and it's cool to see him really rise to the occasion and lead this team back to the playoffs. Jay, I've been listening to your show on WDAE 95.3 in ESPN in Tampa, and you are absolutely right. I agree with you 100% about Antoine Winfield. He got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. How could you leave a guy who changed the game in two separate games? He had a strip fumble in a touchback against Atlanta on Desmond Ritter, and then yesterday, DJ Chark is about to go in the end zone, and Carolina is about to go up 7-0 on Tampa, and he strips it out and it's a touchback and he done it twice and i can't believe that buddha baker from the cardinals got over him and you they actually lined up the stats between antoine whitfield who's gonna be an all pro this year and buddha baker and there is no doubt in my mind that antoine winfield got snubbed for the pro bowl i've never seen something like that where you have a guy in antoine winfield jr over 110 tackle listen we knew a guy like Jesse Bates for the Atlanta Falcons. We were thinking like, man, the two best safeties in all of football might be in the same division. We have respect for Jesse Bates. If he got in and if it was him or Winfield, even though we would have been biased in the in Tampa saying that, you know, we like our guy better, like there was at least a respect going into the voting of, all right, Jesse Bates is definitely going to get some love. But Julian Love and Buda Baker, I mean, Buda Baker missed all those games. He was less than 80 tackles before yesterday's game. No fumble recoveries, no forced fumbles, no interceptions. And Antoine Winfield Jr. is putting up numbers across the board. So, and here's the thing: if it's a people say, "Oh, it's a popularity contest," well, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s dad played. He also had one of the more viral moments when he was chucking up the deuce to Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. This is a guy who's a Super Bowl champion. It's a it's a well known name. This is a guy that people know. It's not like some guy flew under the radar and nobody knew him. He was a undrafted free agent out of a small school in Sacramento or something. This is Antoine Winfield Jr. This is a legacy name in the National Football League and. I think it's going to be uh, very telling when that all-pro voting comes out and he 
probably gets the nod, him and Jesse Bates as the two safeties. But you're right. It's an absolute crime that he didn't get voted into the Pro Bowl, and it really makes you question the voting process. 33% for the players and the coaches and the fans. I mean, we got to do a better job because I think he's going to get votes for Defensive Player of the Year. He's been that good. We, we tend to look at that position and that award at the end of the year as the, all right, you have to get like 10 interceptions or 20 sacks, but – how about a guy like this who does a little bit of everything and he just changes the game every single time he's out there. So I'm with you. I think Antoine Winfield Jr., one of the biggest Pro Bowl snubs in my lifetime. Monday night, ESPN, the Eagles are going to be playing the Buccaneers. It will wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend. Jay, I'm so excited about Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, the Buccaneers playing the Eagles. They went to the Super Bowl last year. Nick Sirianni in his third year, I think that they – are regressing really bad. They started out 10 and 1 and they looked awful against the Giants. I honestly think Jay if they lose to the Buccaneers, I think that Nick Sirianni will be fired because Howie Roseman does not give Eagles head coaches a lot of leeway. Look what happened with Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, and then Doug Peterson. I mean, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and they let him go. Uh, Nick Sirianni is just not winning over the Philly fan base, especially I think Losing the two coordinators, Shane Steichen over to Indy, and then Gagan to Arizona, I think that hurts them. And A.J. Brown might be out. Jalen Hurts is banged up. The defense is not what it was last year. I mean, I can't believe Matt Patricia is the defensive coordinator. They they changed over defensive coordinators. I know that Tampa fans have got to be optimistic that they could win this game, especially playing at home. A lot more optimistic than in the beginning of the day yesterday after that Carolina game. As the day progressed, you're kind of watching that game and seeing what's going on with Philadelphia. They had a team meeting after losing, after being 10-1. and Usually a, a team meeting happens, Richard, when you're three-game, four-game, five, six-game losing streak and you try to rally the troops. They had one or two losses on the season. They're having team meetings. So you kind of saw cracks in the foundation before the losses started to happen. And this is a team that's littered with talent on both sides of the ball. But I'm with you. They're at a time right now. The Buccaneers have to be licking their chops. This is the best time to get them. It's not always, you know, uh, how you play a team. Sometimes it's when you play them. And you looked early on in the season, and they didn't play all that well against the Eagles. But they look like a fractured club right now. And if I'm the Buccaneers, if you could say a lot of things about the Buccaneers and what they don't do well and some of their shortcomings. But one thing that you cannot say about them is that they're not a united front. These guys love each other. They're pulling all. They're pulling the rope all in the same direction. So they have a clear advantage in that aspect. We'll see if it makes a difference Monday night. But I'll be there at Raymond James Stadium, and hopefully the Buccaneers will come away with a victory, and we're having a victory Tuesday. That's going to be awesome. Uh, a super wild card weekend. Uh, we got some pretty interesting matchups. I mean, we got some storylines in all these games. Browns, Texans. I mean, the Deshaun Watson factor. Tyreek Hill going back to face his former team, Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills. I mean, the Bills get the number two seed after starting six and six. They've completely changed the identity of their team. Packers, Cowboys, great rivalry. Mike McCarthy Bowl. And then the Rams, Lions. Matthew Stafford facing his old team. Jared Goff facing his old team. Which storyline in the other games in Super Wildcard Weekend are you most intrigued by? Is there any other games that you really have got to watch, be glued to the couch, rather other than uh, Tampa and Philly? I, it's, I'm so glad you asked me this. I feel like this is the best Super Wildcard Weekend since they've expanded the playoffs. I really don't look at any of these games go, I don't really want to watch it. Every single game 
is super exciting this weekend. I like Detroit and the Rams. You look at I LA. Too. I mean, just that trade. You trade a guy that was a number one overall pick in golf. They thought that, or Sean McVay thought that, all right, we went to the Super Bowl with him, but we really need to change a quarterback to take us to the next level. And then it worked. Matthew Stafford leads them to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago over the Cincinnati Bengals. And look at Detroit. You want to talk about a turnaround from the last couple of years. Dan Campbell has completely changed the, uh, the direction of that franchise. And if there isn't a terrible call against Dallas a couple of weeks ago on the, on the, uh, the play there at the end of the game, we may be having a different discussion. They actually may be the number one seed right now. Yeah, with the, four, with the 49ers losing to the Rams, they'd yeah, be the number exactly. one seed right now. Exactly. So Detroit and the, uh, the Lions and the Rams are the game that I'm going to be keeping a keen eye on. Uh, the Rams, nobody thought they were going to be here. You want to talk about dead cap money and how much money that people are playing, uh, how, many, how much money teams are paying players that aren't even there. I'm pretty sure two of the, the biggest teams in doing that are the Rams and the Buccaneers, ironically enough. Um, and man, I just, I can't wait to see that matchup Goff and Stafford and Sean McVay go into Detroit and win that game against his old quarterback. Jay, I want to switch gears to the NBA. Cause I know there's not an NBA team in the Tampa market, mm-hmm. but the Orlando magic are not that far away from Tampa yep. and they're having a very good season. 21 and 15. They are currently in fourth place. They beat, they beat the Hawks. You know, I cover the Hawks on my podcast being from Georgia. Paulo Boncaro had a great great uh, game and is there a vibe for the Orlando Magic in the Tampa market and how far can the Magic go it's not as uh, this has probably been one of the bigger vibes when it comes to Orlando uh in probably the last decade or so I've been at the radio station now 10 years it's not as big there is there's more of love for the Tampa teams in Orlando than vice versa but people definitely recognize how good the Magic are I mean Bancaro uh Wagner whether it's Jalen Suggs there's just so many these guys have always been the upstarts the last couple of years. Good young guys, but have they had the talent to be able to match up with some of these other good teams? We haven't seen that until this year. You're really starting to see those guys grow. And, you know, Paolo Bancaro being that big draft uh, pick out of Duke, you saw it there at the collegiate level. Could he be able to take that to the NBA? And we've seen that. They're a fun team to watch. They, they're relentless. They don't give in. They shoot. They're creative with the basketball. Uh, and Coach Mosley, they – he just has those guys every single night believing that they can win a big win against the Hawks. So, I mean, how far can they go? I think they can make it to the second round. I feel like there is tiers when it comes to the Eastern conference, you have that, the top tier, you know, with the Milwaukee's of the worlds and seeing with teams like Boston and Philly and where's Miami at kind of go with that. And then you have kind of that second tier, like Orlando, New York, Atlanta, like, you know, can they upset a team in the, in the first round? Like we saw last year with Miami, I think they can. I don't know if they have any world beaters. It's going to be tough to eventually emerge out of that conference and possibly beat somebody from out west. But I think they can win a playoff round, and you never know. It's all about matchups when it comes to the play, especially in the NBA. You get a hot team, uh, and you get that right matchup, and then you can see what we saw last year and see the Heat go all the way to the NBA Finals. Well, Jay, let's briefly talk about the NHL because you do cover the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, they have a huge (laughs) fan base. I mean, winning multiple cups. Right now – I guess that would they be in the they're in the playoff race right now with 43 points right now the best team in the East are the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers but uh, just looking at the landscape of the NHL and the fan base in Tampa they've seen success but being there in covering the Tampa Bay Lightning and what what's the vibe this year are they hoping to get back to the playoffs and make a deep run in the Cup again? 
Yeah, the great thing about hockey, Richard, is that once you get in, it's unlike any of the other sports. You just get in. And home ice advantage, I just I don't think it means as much as maybe some of the other and then in others in some of the other sports. Uh, the Lightning kind of a little bit of an up and down season so far. Andre Vasilevsky, their all world goaltender, was injured for the first portion. He's back. He's been in for probably about 15 games or so now. Uh, he's a guy that really needs to kind of step his game up as well, because the East has been better than advertised. And a team like Boston, who lost two of their centers, they're still up there at the top. The Rangers, a really, really good team, just absolutely killing it. You have Toronto, you have Florida. They have a really tough division there at the Atlantic. Um, I, I think you get a little spoiled, I think, at times with the Tampa Bay Lightning because you have the two cups, because in the last decade you've had four trips to the Stanley Cup final. What can they do going forward? People aren't going to be just satisfied with making the playoffs. They have to make another deep postseason run. It's hard to go to three straight Stanley Cup finals and then get bounced in the first round to one of your rivals, Toronto, last year. People want to see improvement. This is the last year under contract for Captain Steven Stamkos. And then next year, Victor Hedman. Talking about two guys that are going to be Hall of Famers one day. Oh, yeah. They got they got to turn it around. They got to turn it around. And uh, they have a pretty favorable schedule coming up before the All-Star break. So, People are going to be keeping an eye on these next nine, ten games and see if they're a team that can push towards the top of the division. Yeah, it's a great sports scene in the Tampa market. I mean, we got pitchers and catchers reporting yep. in about a month and a half. You know, you're going to be all over the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Buccaneers in the playoffs. It's just a fun time down in Tampa. And not to mention the, the University of, of South Florida, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we we de definitely miss Amir Abdul Rahim, the coach uh, at Ken from Kennesaw State that led uh, Kennesaw State to the NCAA tournament last year. But I think Kennesaw State will go back. I think he's doing a good job down at South Florida. But uh, I know we got a big national championship tonight. I know us being in the South, there's not an SEC team for the first mm -hmm. time since 2014. But there's still a lot of vibe. You know, two passionate fan bases. I got a lot of friends up in the Pacific Northwest. They're going to be cheering for the Washington Huskies. They're really Seahawks fans, but then all of a sudden they become bandwagon fans and they root for the Huskies. We know about Michigan. I mean, it's it's a brand. It's the winningest tradition in college football. You got Big Blue. You got the Washington Huskies. Who do you got tonight in the national championship? This is one of those perfect examples of who do I want to win and who do I think is going to win. Uh, Michael Penix <laughs> Jr. Is, is actually from Tampa. Uh, so we're definitely we've been keeping an Love eye on it. him even uh, when he was at Indiana and now at Washington with Coach Kalen DeBoer. Uh, but Michigan's tough, and I think you win these football games, Richard, in the trenches. And you see when Michigan had their backs against the wall against Alabama, I think they, they did what most teams should do in situations like that. They got back to their bread and butter, right? They stayed to their fundamentals. They ran the ball with Blake Corum. They got J.J. McCarthy out in space. They did what got them. They, they danced with the lady they brought to the dance. And then you saw what they did in overtime. They ran the football with Blake Corum as a guy that can just absolutely pound the rock. Whoever wins the – and I know it, it may be you know kind of cliche, but whoever wins the battle in the trenches tonight are going to win this game. Michigan, if they run the football, and it looks like Washington is facing an offense that they haven't faced all year long, I think Michigan comes away with this one. I'm going to give them the nod, but people have been counting out Washington all year long. They beat Oregon twice, and Oregon's a damn good team. Uh, but I'm going to have to, even though my heart says uh, Washington, uh, my head says Michigan, so I'm going to go with the Wolverines. I'm going with Michigan, too, and I believe that Jim Harbaugh will go to the NFL after Agreed. he wins a national championship. There are some teams that Jim Harbaugh go, can go to. We're going to throw it back to the NFL real quick. Let's talk about 
Today is Black Monday. I mean, this is not the favorite time for a lot of people. Nobody wants to see coaches get fired. But we've already seen Arthur Smith with the Atlanta Falcons, Ron Rivera. I think that Bill Belichick is next. Uh, maybe Dennis Allen in New Orleans. But you look at some possible openings. you got the Chargers. you got the Raiders. you got uh, the Commanders. What is the best fit for Jim Harbaugh to go if he does go back to the NFL? I think what we've learned, and especially with a team like the Atlanta Falcons, um, you could have a good coach and you can have a guy that maybe was really good in one spot and then comes to your, and if he doesn't get the quarterback situation right, then you're kind of screwed. And Atlanta, you know, could you have made a move for Lamar Jackson? Should you have went in a different direction? Pushing all your chips in the middle of the table with a guy like Desmond Ritter this year was a bold move that didn't pay off. No, it didn't. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't pay out for them. So you want to go, if you have your, your druthers and you have your pick of the litter, I'm going to a team that already has a good young quarterback. And to me, I think the best job out there is the L.A. Chargers. You go out there, big market. They're not afraid to make moves. Uh, they have weapons on the outside. They draft, drafted Quentin Johnson at a TCU. You already have Mike Williams, and you have uh, also Keenan Allen, and then you have Eckler in the backfield. You have studs on defense with Mack and Bosa and some of those guys, Derwin James out there, and you got Justin Herbert, the most important piece. So to me, the biggest and the best job out there is the L.A. Charger, you, uh, Chargers. You get a coach out there, and he can put his fingerprints on there. They've been one of the more underwhelming teams in the division, and when you look at Denver – wildly disappointing Raiders as well the Chiefs I mean listen any other year if they were playing in a tougher division who knows maybe the Chiefs don't make the playoffs this year because they haven't really looked all that impressive the Chargers job to me if I'm looking at that one I'm I'm sign sign me up right away well if there's one thing we've learned about Jim Harbaugh he wins right away I'm a 49ers fan I've witnessed Jim Harbaugh take my team to three straight NFC championships and a Super Bowl with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. So if he has a right quarterback, Justin Herbert, I think that he wins right away in LA. Uh, Jay, it has been so great having you once again on the show. And I got to say, if it is Tampa Bay and the 49ers in the divisional round, you got to come back on the show so we can preview that game. You got it, buddy. Whenever you need me, Richard, I'll, I'll be here for you, and uh, we'll talk uh, all things sports. You got that right. Absolutely. That is Jay Rusher. He is a host of a show called J&Z from 12 to 3, 95.3 WDAE in Tampa, Florida, ESPN Radio. Thank you so much, Jay, for being on the show once again. Love to have you back. You got it, Richard. Talk soon, buddy. All right. That's it. That's our show. Thank you, everybody, for uh, watching. And uh, don't forget that you can like, subscribe to the Facebook page and YouTube channel. Hope you enjoy the national championship. It's probably going to be on in approximately 20 minutes. And uh, I will go ahead and I will recap this national championship game on tomorrow's show. Don't forget, tomorrow I'll have my Georgia Alabama Sports Live show with Thrift Behringer. We'll have some uh, basketball coaches on and we'll have our basketball rankings as well. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you have a great rest of your night. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. 
You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show daily at noon right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.